Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. We're so glad that uh, you came to the Torah study today. I'm Pastor Scott, and we're in uh, a double portion today uh, and finishing up the book of Numbers in the Torah studies 42 and 43, beginning in Numbers 30 through Numbers 36. So since it's a double portion, we receive a double blessing. Amen. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. Amen. Glory to God. And just a FYI, Lydia's teaching in Fit for Life today. I told her, I said, if I didn't have what I felt was a strong word from heaven, we'd just all come down and join you today. But God gave me a great word today out of the book of Numbers, gave me some amazing insights, and so I just felt like uh, we would go ahead and pull the trigger uh, and teach this. Uh, And it has to do uh, with... Israel's 40 years in the wilderness, Uh, and uh, there's some amazing insight there, and so I entitled today's lesson, The Journey of Life is the Journey to Life. The Journey of Life is really the Journey to Life. How many of you are on that journey to eternal life, to the abundant life that God has for you? And uh, just like you are, so was Israel. And uh, back uh, in uh, Numbers 33, verse 1, this is from the complete Jewish Bible. You can turn over there. Uh, Verse 1 says, These are the stages in the journey of the people of Israel as they left the land of Egypt divided into groups under the leadership of Moshe and Aaron. And Moshe, verse 2, Moses, Moshe, recorded each of the stages of their journey by order of Adonai. Here are the starting points of each stage. And uh, the rest of the chapter... uh, goes on to record a list of 42 stopping places where the Jews camped during their years of traveling through the desert. And since nothing in the Torah is random, it's not there by coincidence, it wasn't like God just let things happen unplanned, the Lord lists each of these 42 stopping places for important reasons. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Uh, In the big picture, it's showing us that there's a purpose as we go through life. 
Forty years Israel's in the desert. That's a long time. Forty years. And, uh, but those 40 years were not just aimless wanderings. They weren't lost and just wandering for 40 years. God had a purpose for those wanderings. And, uh, and especially you need to consider that through those 40 years, God was still leading them with clouds of glory. That Shekinah glory shone brightly day in and day out. Amen. There was still a pillar of fire. The presence of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the power of God was there covering Israel. God was still providing for Israel during those 40 years. Every need was met according to his riches in glory. Spiritual needs, physical needs. And each place of these 42 places that God directed them was the perfect place to be. Amen? How many of you would say today that my steps are ordered by the Lord? Do you agree with that? Do you receive that? Do you believe your steps are ordered by the Lord? Then you're in the perfect place. That God wants you to be. However, there may be some lessons to learn in that place. Because as we'll find out and as you read through this, some of the places that uh, uh, God took them uh, were places, and as Moses recounts this, they were places where mistakes happened. And, uh, but God doesn't dwell on our mistakes. Amen. He wants us to get past the mistake and get on to what's the lesson I need to learn. I'm willing to learn that lesson, Lord. Teach me, guide me, counsel me, show me what that lesson is so I can move on to the next stage of life. And in the complete Jewish Bible, that's the phrase that keeps uh, coming up in the list of 42 places that uh, Israel stopped on their way to the promise. And they moved on. And they moved on. And they moved on. And they moved on. And basically, God is saying, just like Israel, you're on a journey in this life. And it's a journey to life, not just eternal life, but abundant life. And if you make any mistakes along the way, get, uh, deal with those mistakes, admit them, repent, and say, God, help me improve, teach me the lesson, so that I, like Israel, can move one step closer to the promised land. Who's in on that? Say amen. So the wilderness years for Israel were much more than we were ever led to believe. Uh, it wasn't just one long trip from uh, Egypt to Israel. It wasn't like they were just drifting aimlessly through the years as if they were lost. We're being shown that God is a gracious Father. Hallelujah. Picture God not as a hard taskmaster, He's not up in heaven trying to catch you doing something wrong so he can punish you. Yes, there are consequences. But God will minimize the consequences 
And uh, he will help you get past the consequences if you'll let him guide you as a gracious father. If you'll let him come in and correct you and direct your course in life so that you're on the right path. How many of you thank the Lord that you're on the right path today? And that's Psalm 37.23, we mentioned it. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. Amen. He delights in every detail of their lives. And that's reassuring today, isn't it? That's comforting to know that we have more than a religion, don't we? We have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. He loves us so much that if we'll allow Him, He'll mastermind every step of the way. Come on, somebody. And that's where his direction, his counsel comes in. He'll hear our prayers and answer them with wisdom. Amen. God sees our tears. When, you know, we all have shed a few tears in this life, right? But he promises that he'll heal the brokenhearted. He promises he'll never leave us or forsake us, right? And he'll always honor his covenant commitment to us, no matter what we do that seemingly breaks covenant. (laughs) You keep breaking covenant with God. And yet God says, I'll never break covenant with you. You may have taken 10,000 steps away, but it's only one step back. Hallelujah. And so even though we may not understand all that takes place, there's a purpose, right? And it's discovering God's purposes, God's priorities uh, uh, during the journey that makes it uh, as important as the destination. It's one thing to live, yeah, we, we're going to make heaven our home, that's the ultimate destination, But if it's going to be 40 years every day, every moment, every hour, I want the blessing of God, the abundant life of God. I want uh, the trauma of life minimized and the glory of God maximized in my life. Don't you? And we can have that and God will show us how to accomplish that. So, uh, But we need to realize that we're not just in a journey uh, of life. We're in a journey to life. All right? So, uh, praise God. Uh, For Israel, the land of promise was and still is their destiny. The land is their destiny. This is why we're adamant in standing with Israel. Because the covenants that God made beginning with Abraham haven't passed away. They're not nullified. No government can nullify it. No religious organization can negate what God has decreed in his word. They're going to do everything they can to muddy the waters, to confuse the issue, to get people's minds over here instead of where they should be on the word of God. But the Lord, the Jewish people, the Torah, the land of Israel are forever joined together. And those that understand that, God says, I'll bless you for understanding that and standing up for that. 
How many of you want more blessing in your life? Stand with Israel. Amen. And even though there's political leaders, who would think that Hamas would be in the U.S. Congress? Who would think that church organizations are still furious with the Jewish people and teach replacement theology? They can't negate what God has prophesied, can they? Amen. Jewish history, Bible history are a testimony to that eternal truth. God said it, that settles it. Whether government believes it, church believes it, an individual believes it, a terrorist believes it, the UN believes it, doesn't matter if that we'd rather have them believe it. But you got to understand there's God's crowd and then there's the Antichrist crowd. How many of you are in God's crowd? I see that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. Come on, somebody. It's, it, it's important to remember Israel was separated from its land for almost 2,000 years. What a journey. 2,000 years of remaining loyal and faithful to the promises of God for 2,000 years, even though every government, every generation has had their dictators, their anti-Semitic leaders trying to squelch Israel and scatter Israel and prevent Israel from fulfilling its divine, uh, the divine will of God. But prophecy told us and tells us again and again that those Jewish people that have been scattered would one day return. And how many of you are thankful you're in a church that's helping facilitate that aliyah, that return? We're getting ready to bring a plane full of teenagers back from uh, a country uh, just north of Afghanistan, Kazakhstan. And uh, then uh, we're planning on bringing a second plane with their parents. Uh, Kazakhstan and all the Stan countries are part of the Gog and Magog prophecy where God says, I'm going to put a hook in, in their jaw and bring them down into Israel and I'm going to have them meet in the valley of Megiddo, the valley of Jehoshaphat, and rise up against it over the land. The Armageddon is a battle over the land of Israel. And these people would be right in the midst of that because Putin's trying to reformulate the old Soviet Union and that was all a part of it. And, uh, and so it could have been these teens would be drafted into the Soviet army and fighting against Israel, but with our help, fulfilling Bible prophecy, we're bringing them uh, back to Israel Well, they'll end up taking uh, uh, their role and place in the IDF, the Israel Defense Force, standing for Israel, protecting the land, protecting the people, and I, for one, am thankful I'm a part of that. Amen. Amen. And so these things are happening right before our eyes. Uh, I, I like to think of it this way, that in a similar way, Christians for those same 2,000 years have been, in a way, separated from their Messiah. 
Jesus is uh, at the right hand of God in heaven right now, forever making intercession. His spirit is within us, and yet we're not with him in bodily form. So in that sense, we're separated from the Messiah, yet we remain loyal. Amen. Amen. We're going through a journey of life, and there's ups and downs, there's issues, and there's uh, uh, obstacles to overcome, and yet, despite it all, we remain faithful people, faithful to the covenant, faithful to our pledge of allegiance to the Lamb of God. Why? Because prophecy foretells again and again that one day at the end of the age, when all things, including uh, uh, the the days of the Gentiles being fulfilled, that one day the Lord would return in all His glory. And He would establish the true one world government. The government would be upon His shoulders. Amen. Under His divine leadership. And no political leader, no deep state, no secular nation, no uh, big tech media, no global elitist, no antichrist crowd can never negate the power and promises of God. Amen. Amen. It's divinely ordained. And so in that sense, Christianity's been on a journey. Not just a journey of life, a journey to life where we're going to experience something far greater than what we can experience now when Jesus Christ, the Messiah, sets up his one world government in Jerusalem and we rule and reign with him forever and ever and ever. That's the destination, that's the goal, that's the ultimate goal, but along the way, Along the way, there, you know, it's like there's uh, 10,000 steps to make. There's all, there's, every day has, is almost like a new adventure, right? And so if you're going to live all the days of your life and that all the days of your life is up to 120, that's a lot of, that's a lot of years, a lot of days. Amen? So Christianity is all about life. And it's all about a life of value, a life of meaning, a life of standards, a life of morals, a life of godliness, a life of doing it God's way, not the way I want to do it. And when we have that attitude and mindset, then uh, we'll realize what the prophet Jeremiah had spoken. He said, I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. You have a future, a destiny in God. And as you go through life, you're fulfilling more and more of that divine destiny. Amen? But it's important to be faithful to your born-again commitment. Amen. There's no limit to what God will do through you and for you. Say there's no limit. And so God has us on this great adventure. I was looking uh, this morning at the scripture in Philippians 1. If you want to turn over there, Philippians 1.6 from the Amplified Bible says, I am convinced and confident of this very thing, 
that he who has begun a good work in you will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, the time of his return. This is talking about the journey. You started your born-again journey whenever it was. Mine has been uh, like 40 years ago. (coughs) But God is still working with me to work out some things, to perfect some things, to complete some things, and that process is going to work itself out until the coming of the Lord. And then when that happens, the rapture happens, and bam! You've got an immortal body. Bam! You'll never die. You'll live forever. And bam! Right? All of a sudden, you have a glorified body. All those things that we struggled with and had issues with and wished that we could get past uh, this, that, or the other thing, it won't matter anymore. But just be faithful to your journey. Despite the ups and downs, I can assure you, the longer you walk with the Lord, and the better you learn to apply His divine principles, you're going to have many more ups than downs. Who could use a lot more ups and a lot fewer downs? It's coming. Turn and tell somebody, the best is yet to come. Amen. Proverbs 3 says in verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own thinking. (laughs) All right? Seek His will in all you do. Seek His will through the journey. And He will show you which path to take. And that's all a process. Just because you got saved doesn't mean, bam, you do it all right. But it does mean that you have many more doors of opportunity than those that refuse and rebel. And so Israel discovered that the journey was much more than just getting to the promised land. The promised land was the ultimate goal, but 40 years in the wilderness was God preparing them to possess the land. It was a process that God brought them through so that they could develop integrity, so they could develop character, so they could develop the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. And it's showing us that it's a lifelong journey. Forty years representing a generation. It just doesn't happen overnight. First you plant the seed. Then there's, it takes time for that seed to grow and develop. And finally, after a season, then there's a harvest. And so it just doesn't happen in a microwave oven. <clears throat> Amen? So God needed Israel to grow and mature, not only for themselves, but so they could pass along the values, the ideals, the beliefs to the next generations. This is why they could remain faithful 
for 2,000 years. Actually, when this was, that's 3,400 years ago. How do you remain faithful as a people when every tyrant and dictator, totalitarian government keeps coming after you and persecuting you and killing you and sending you away and all the different things for all this time? How do they remain faithful? Because of what God implanted at the beginning, coming out of Egypt on the way. That thing has lasted 34. And so that's a sign for you and I, what we're passing down to our kids and grandkids. It's important. You're doing an important work. And uh, it's the same for us, right? Our journey of life, our journey to life is a process where we're developing ourselves, maturing ourselves, equipping ourselves, spirit, soul, and body. Are you with me? So embrace the process. Don't try to avoid the process. Amen? So I got to thinking about all of this. What are some of the rules for the road? All right? If we're on this journey... What are some of the rules for the road? And the first thing I thought about is uh, our journey is best made when we're fulfilling God's purposes. I've tried it the other way. (laughs) Anybody try to live life without God? Anybody try to live life without fulfilling God's purposes? How'd that work out? And look, I know it's stating the obvious, but it's true. Your life is like being on a long journey. It's like driving a long distance cross country, which I recently did with my son. We, were, uh, we drove from Texas to California 24 hours straight. And... I noticed that when traveling down the highway, you know, you're heading to Abilene, El Paso, you're heading down through New Mexico and down to Tucson and Phoenix and then to the California border and on and on and on, uh, you tend to look to the horizon. Look, look at that mountain range way over there. And you're looking way down the road. At least that's what I did, Right? Some people can't see beyond the nose on their face. Don't be that guy. But what happens, though, and I notice this, is that when you finally reach that horizon, you discover there's another horizon. (laughs) Right? And you uh, start trying to reach the new horizon all over again, just like the, the previous horizon. And in essence, that's how life works. Okay, Uh, it's something it'd be wise for us to understand this, that God's ordained for us a journey that never ends. It's like the never ending story. And we need to have the attitude that we're constantly moving down the road. Amen. We're striving for the next horizon. We're striving for goals, for purposes, to make God's priorities our priorities, the things that He set before us. The question is, though, what are we striving for? Does any of our journey have any kind of spiritual uh, or godly pursuit in it? 
Or is it all about getting more stuff? Being rich in the world, but not being rich towards God. Are we fulfilling our divine purpose? Look, it would be a shame to come to the end of our life only to realize too late what I've squandered. I think that's why there's going to be tears in heaven. I think that's why God's going to wipe away tears because we're going to realize that you had, I had, we had this much destiny, but we were only, we only fulfilled this part of our destiny. And so the idea is don't spend a life majoring in the minors. All right? Don't spend a life majoring in the minors. Don't spend our lives squandering the time God gives us on trivial and petty things. I got a one that's right. Can I get an amen? <laughs> when, when I was ordained as a pastor uh, back in the late 80s, uh, from that point till now, I've done many funerals. Uh, and through the years, one of the few uh, things that I've done in uh, various funerals is include a famous poem called The Dash. I don't know if you've ever read that poem. You can go on the internet and look it up. And uh, it's a beautiful poem that emphasizes the contribution that the deceased made between their birth date and their death date. It, in between those two dates, there's always a dash. And that tiny little dash mark represents all of the time that we spent on earth. And the question is, how are you and I making the time God has given us on this earth? How are we making it count? What are we doing to build the kingdom? Are we making a good and godly impact on our family, in our uh, business, in our career, in our church, and so forth? Uh, and if we are, then we're going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. How many of us are waiting to hear that phrase, well done? Amen. Amen. And if you're working towards that, praise the Lord. You don't have to be perfect in all of that, but you're sincerely doing your best uh, to hear, well done. But, you know, on the other side, there's people, no one here, I'm sure, uh, that might be thinking it's time to change the path I'm on. All right? It's time to reevaluate some things. It's time for me to really take a look at my journey in life, is my journey in life leading to life, right? The generation coming out of Egypt wasn't going to arrive at their ultimate destination. That, and in fact, that really wasn't going to be the point of that generation. The point was going to be God needed to perfect their lifestyle on the way to the ultimate destination, and so with that in mind, it's like, you know what? We're, we're not necessarily going to end up where we think we're going to end up. 
But if we're doing it under God's direction, we're always going to end up where we were meant to be. God's not going to show you everything that takes place, uh, but it's just important, roll up your sleeves, get busy doing something, Two-thirds of God's name is go, get busy going, get, get, get busy moving, and you're going to end up where God meant you to be. How many of you receive that this morning? Amen. Number two, don't wait for the perfect moment to move forward. Okay? Ecclesiastes 11.4 says, if you wait for the perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. If you wait for the perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. I don't want to discount God's perfect timing, but we need discernment and sometimes through the wisdom of a multitude of counselors, qualified counselors, not pseudo, I bought my counseling license for $35 on the internet. I don't do anything with my life, but I'm qualified to tell you what to do with yours. Try to avoid that and try to get discernment from the Holy Ghost to differentiate between waiting on the Lord and procrastination. Okay? When we're walking by faith, when we're on this journey towards fulfilling our goals and dreams, there's no perfect time to go for it. Amen? How many of you know, uh, have ever heard of the late, great Zig Ziglar? He said, if you wait for all the lights to turn green, you'll never leave the house. (laughs) Amen? And here's, here's the rub. The devil's working overtime to overwhelm you and I with all the reasons why things will never work out. Why even try? It's not going to work out the way you think it Who you think's behind all of that? The devil. He's trying to convince us to put things off till tomorrow. In God's world, the right sequence is ready, aim, fire. Are you ready? God, aim me and give me the boldness and the courage to pull the trigger. Ready, aim, fire. But it's different in the devil's world. In his world, it's ready, aim, 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 but never fire. It's paralysis by analysis. So don't be the guy or the gal that when it's all said and done, there was only things said and nothing ever done. (laughs) Right? Don't be the one who seeks advice from people who have no plans to move forward. They're not the ones that should be directing you and inspiring you and motivating you. I can't help but think we were all watching the Olympic trials and we just were so proud of Shikari Richardson, the sprinter from right here in Dallas. And she failed after the trials were over. She she probably would win the gold medal. And uh, yet she got uh, disqualified, penalized because she failed her drug test. And 
as much as we were hoping to see her run and bring home the gold medal, I, I, I told Lydia over the weekend, who the heck is she hanging around with? Why didn't somebody save her from herself? <laughs> right? But instead, the people probably around, I can't say this for sure, but probably people were probably saying, you deserve to do what you're doing. And she got influenced by, and you know, who knows, you know, all the ins and outs that went into that. But people that aren't going anywhere are going to try to convince you to go with them. (laughs) So the truth is, there's no perfect moment. And if God's presenting you some opportunities, seize the moment, seize the day. Or else it may just pass you by. And if you're not sure, ask for help. (laughs) Right? Praise God. Okay, so number three. Rules for the road. Mistakes don't end your journey and they don't end God's purposes. It's interesting to note that some of the places God took Israel aren't referred to by the geographical location, but rather Moses refers to them by the events that occurred there. And most of the places that are described this way are places where Israel made a major mistake. I mean, they blew it. Big blunder. And so Moses is helping Israel come to terms with their mistakes. Admit your mistakes when you're wrong. Take responsibility for your mistakes. Don't try to cover them up and pretend they don't exist. This is what repentance and forgiveness is all about. If you try to cover it up, there's no freedom. You can't move on. You're you're not going to move on in your journey in life. God doesn't want to keep bringing up the mistake. He wants to help you turn the mistake into a lesson learned. Amen? Amen. That's why he's known as the Redeemer. He's trying to redeem us from our mistakes and turn mistakes into lessons learned. Amen? But a lot of that can't happen if we won't hold ourselves accountable. The learning process will never start Until we become personally responsible. Now, you don't have to broadcast your sin on the internet. You don't need to go to social media to repent. And if the cancel culture is trying to make you to uh, repent, they're they're not looking for your repentance. They're just looking for to punish you further. So don't try to think certain people are going to be forgiving and redeeming. But God is forgiving and redeeming. And you go to God and say, I realize the mistake I made. And I take responsibility. I will say this, Shikari Richardson did accept responsibility for her mistake. And she publicly came out and said, look, I accept responsibility And on and on. And I was so proud of her for saying that. In a culture where she could have turned that thing and started accusing and playing the blame game, playing the victim, and on and on and on. I will say this. The Olympic Committee, the U.S. Olympic, could have put her on the relay. (laughs) 
but they didn't, so fooey on them. But look, admitting that you blew it can be uncomfortable, right? This is where the phrase, the truth hurts, comes in. But until we're ready to admit we messed up, we can't move forward. Simple as that. So uh, take solace in the fact that we serve a forgiving God, a gracious Father. He is our Redeemer. He is our, uh, <coughs> he is our Savior. And He's bigger than any mistake you could ever make. Did you get that? God is bigger than any mistake you could ever make. And He's able to turn the worst circumstance upside down and what... The devil meant what people meant, what you blundered into and caused to happen. He can turn that all around and end up turning uh, lemons into lemonade, turning what the devil meant for evil into something glorious. Uh, And uh, it can be above and beyond anything you could ever imagine. The late, great Zig Ziglar spoke about this once and said, it's not how far you fall, but how high you bounce afterwards that counts. And I thought, yeah, <laughs> right on. So it, aren't you happy to know that failure is only possible if we quit and give up? Otherwise, in, in God, there's no failure unless we quit. In reality, the only real mistake is the one from which we learn nothing. Amen. So let's use failure, mistakes, sin, not as the end, but as the opportunity to grow and mature. Then get back up and get moving. (laughs) Get back on your journey to life. Amen. Okay, one more. Number four. These are rules for the road. Make a personal commitment to moving forward. Develop that mindset that you are going to move forward. I'm not going to live in the past. I'm not chained to the past. Christ came to deliver me from the sins of my past. And I am going to move forward. I am a winner in Christ and I am going to win. I may have blown it. I may have made some mistakes along the way. But thank God I'm forgiven and I have made a personal commitment to keep moving. Amen. In, in the book of Job, Job had some issues, right? He made some big mistakes. Uh, but it says in Job 17.9, The righteous shall move onward and forward. Those with pure hearts shall become stronger and stronger. Amen. Amen. So despite all the negativity and the obstacles, the, the ups and downs, we've made a pledge, a commitment to our lives, to our destiny, to uh, the people closest to us. We're moving onward. We're moving forward, and I'm going to repent of some things, change some things, and create in me a pure heart and become stronger in the Lord than ever before as a result of this. That's where you get the old saying, don't go through life, grow through life. Don't go through life, grow through life. Amen? And it's that growth mindset, that advancement 
that making progress mindset to achieve something. I'm going to fulfill my destiny to the best of my ability. God's going to then create new opportunities for you. Doesn't matter who you are. What career path you've chosen, doesn't matter what relationship you're in, the fact of the matter is God wants you to grow. God wants you to mature and all of heaven's resources will be put at your disposal to make that happen. Amen? So, thanks be to God that he's helping us to understand these things. When, when we were... Um, first asked by Pastor and Tiz uh, to leave the church and the leadership role we were in in our church in Seattle and join he and Tiz in Portland. This was back in 1991. Uh, I really wasn't sure because I was in a great spot in a great church, born again there, our friends were there, everything. Yeah, but uh, in our journey, God had something more for us. Uh, and yet I was still kind of perplexed and a little bit uh, apprehensive, should we or shouldn't we? And uh, uh, during the drive uh, between Seattle and Portland, uh, we would stop at this halfway point to get uh, uh, some food and some fuel for the car, uh, uh, eat food, get gas. Um, and uh, there was a little book uh, uh, shelf, uh, uh, book stand, uh, as I was checking out on one of the trips we made, and I just picked it up while I'm waiting for the waitress to come uh, pay my, you know, take my money. And I just happened to open up, I don't even remember the name of the book. I think I bought it, and it's in a box somewhere. Uh, and I need to pull that out. But uh, this phrase changed my thinking about what to do. Uh, it said, uh, in, in essence, I'm paraphrasing, you're more than a human being. You're a human becoming. And when I read that, it was all just at that moment, it was like the Holy Spirit saying, Scott, you're going to become so much more if you join pastor and tis, even though it's uncomfortable and awkward to leave your home, leave your church family, and uh, uh, all these things, you're a human becoming. And, and God has new things for you. And, uh, and so we ended up making the move, and the rest, as they say, is history. Amen? So with all of that in mind... Um, think of this, you're on a journey of life, but it's really a journey to life, eternal life and abundant life. And it's a journey definitely worth taking. How many of you would say this journey I'm on with the Lord is definitely worth taking? You can't get the satisfaction, the reward, the fulfillment that God can bring to you any other way. And uh, I can promise you that. Amen. And so as uh, we end today, let me uh, just add this scripture to your repertoire out of Proverbs chapter 2, the book of wisdom. Uh, Solomon speaking to his sons. 
the Lord speaking through Solomon. He said, the Lord grants wisdom, verse 6. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk, that's that journey, who walk with integrity. He guards the paths, that's that journey. He guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to Him. Then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you will find the right way to go. Amen. Amen. Father, seal this word in our lives today. Thank you for directing our paths today. Thank you for pouring out your wisdom and counsel upon us today, giving us the sense, the discernment, the insight uh, to make the right decisions, to take the right path. And thank you that you're guarding us and defending us and protecting us every step of the way. And when we reach the end of it, we'll have fulfilled our God-given destiny and hear those wonderful words, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. Amen and amen.